Hello, this is the Sarge, and this is your Penny.com Health Minute. Healthcare can be scary and confusing at times. Well, with all the terminology and numbers, it may be a bit intimidating seeking out the right coverage for you. So today, we wanted to brush up on some common terms you'll see while searching for that perfect healthcare. Number one, premium. This is the amount you pay for your healthcare coverage every month. When picking a plan, your monthly premium is only one thing to consider. So be sure to look at our next number, number two, which is the copay and coinsurance of your plan. This is your share of money that is covered for healthcare services. And then another current key term is number three, your deductible, which is how much you owe for healthcare services before your insurer starts to pay. There are still so many terms that are used that we did not have a chance to cover today. Make sure you stay tuned for part two of healthcare terminology. I'm the Sarge, and this was your Penny.com Health Minute. Good morning. Wake up, y'all. It's TCP in the morning with the morning tea. Sing a song here tonight. TCP in the morning. your mimosa or your beverage your coffee look i said mimosa i think everybody can drink like us all right well, we ain't drinking today all right we're here to get to it let's go get it lady l what up good morning good morning i'm so glad to be here with you all today hey we do got a dope show for you guys but also i do want to mention adult prom tickets are still on sale um, you can go to Eventbrite or you can go to our website, www.thetcpnetwork.com. 
Com and get your tickets now. There's so much stuff that we're going to be having at this prom. It's going to be popping ten. And if you have a business or you're a business owner, hey, we have a tax-deductible donation so you could be a sponsor. So go on ahead, uh, hit us up in our inbox if you're interested for more details on how you could be a sponsor for TCP's first adult prom. Uh, let's uh, make it a dope, dope thing. Over to the desk. Yes, 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 uh, uh, folks, thank you. Thank you for listening, thank you for watching. Wanna welcome you to TCP in the morning. Uh, my name is Marquise Lupton, AKA DJ Quiet Storm. DJ Quiet Storm. And I am very happy to be here. Yes, and let's not forget about the man in the back. Uh-oh. The voice of God. Uh-oh. The man on the, at, the, at the wheels of steel. I don't even have a camera. <laughs> God is. Camera never works. Oh, so, but we're retiring it today. Right, right, right. Good, good morning, DJ Mustafa. <laughs> Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> Mufasa. 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 DJ Mufasa. Welcome, welcome, uh, uh, folks. Good morning. Don't be rude. Say it back in the comment section. Who you in? Uh, tell us. Maybe just like Christmas. Well, we, well, we, we didn't try this. Yo, yo, yo. Um, Christmas is in four months. Get ready. Get ready, right. get ready. So, Candace, good morning, good morning, Nicole. Good morning to you. Uh, Lisa, good morning. Kareen, good morning. Good morning. Everyone, good, good morning. morning. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Say good morning in the comments section. Don't be rude. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Oh, you you could have been anywhere else on Facebook. Mm -hmm. But you decided to be here with us today. Jordan, what is going on, man? Good morning. And Ashley Quigley, good, Yo, good up, morning Quigs? to you. So um, let's let's get to it. Let's let, let's get to it. Um, we have we have um, the McCaskey head football coach. Mm -hmm. um, this is breaking news, everybody. Did it, did it, did it. Breaking mm -hmm. news. Breaking news, everybody. Um, the McCaskey football head coach, uh, Coach London, Coach Samuel Lupton. Uh, Lupton, London. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, but it feels like family. Um, love Sam. Um, was fired yesterday, um, rather abruptly. Was it fire or resignation? Or well, well, oh, okay. Let's let's keep it. You know, let's keep it official. I'm sorry, um, uh, Coach Coach Samuel London. Uh, resigned last night. Um, details are still coming out. Details are still fluid at this time, um, but we are getting the details as they come out. Uh, so the uh, official official is that uh, Coach Samuel London has retired um, one week before the football season has started. Yeah, I mean, and the conversation that I've been having with everybody is, you know, was it fired or resigned? And I, I, I personally believe he was going to be fired, mm -hmm. but he's too much of a man to be fired a week before the season. Mm -hmm. like, no, I, I'd rather resign than be fired. And, and that's what uh, we are going to discuss uh, this morning. Just want everyone to know uh, that, that the, official, the, the official news that has uh, come out is that uh, Coach Samuel London, uh, McCaskey head football coach, has uh, resigned. As of as of last night, so uh, I'll call in 717-992-5569 as we uh, sound off um, on this. As I uh, insert my opinion here, all right, all uh, right, um, be, because I I find this rather rather strange, um, rather odd because uh, 
Coach London is a, a very, very dedicated man. Um, and what you all were talking about, um, that he has helped reshape the program dramatically. And to leave so prematurely, you know, doesn't, doesn't make sense. Um, for you as a head coach, how does, how does this come off uh, for you? Because, again, it's, it's rather odd. Well, look, like I, from, from my point of view, uh, as a head coach, you never want to leave your team high and dry. Right. Especially with, with six days. You know, you have six days, six days before season, before season kicks off. All right, you guys have been working. You, you've been working with these guys year-round. Mm -hmm. All right, some of these guys have been there year-round been working with you, right. trying to get better. And uh, even the, the staff that has come along and the young guys that have come along, mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't know, just six days, six days before the season, the resignation, it, it, it makes you wonder, like, what's going on, you know, what's, what's, what's really behind it. Right. Know, like, and be because, because, like, I – the school, the school has bought into the program. The school has bought into this program, the mm -hmm. idea of what he wants to do. Right. You know, and they have moved things around, make things happen, you know. But uh, I don't know. At the end of the day, what, what is it? Right. And I think like, this is one of the things that I think it happens around McCaskey's firings all the time. Because they leave them so – there's so many questions out there. They don't, mm -hmm. put, they don't put the answers out early. That The speculation starts to become that this is something nefarious. Right. You know what I mean? That he's involved in something that he shouldn't have been in. Mm -hmm. And we don't know. Mm -hmm. But the conversation is that he's there was something that may have been happening off the field that got him fired. Mm -hmm. and, like, listen, if we don't know, let's not speculate. But I know the one thing that's going to happen is a lot of people are going to have a lot to say right. about what's going on. And I'm going to say this right now on air while people are watching. Get off your butts. Get involved. Because if you're, if you're a former football player, if, if you're anybody who cares about McCaskey Athletic, who cares about young men in Lancaster, now's the time to get involved. Right. It feels like their head coach or the man that was supposed to be a part of their lives has abandoned them mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Now they need you more than ever, man. Right, and 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 that's the that's the thing, um, right there. Like that's the key term that 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 is being um used when when, when people are discussing this and when people have been discussing this uh, the last what 12, 12 or so uh, mm -hmm. uh, hours, like abandonment. You know, that's the that's the that's the one thing. Like why. Why now? You know, um, and, and also there are clamors about, well, uh, the athletic director um, and the administration that keeps on bringing in, you know, quote unquote, outside people, outside folks that, that, that are using this as an opportunity, as a stepping stool, and not really being invested. Right. I've been saying it for a while. They, they, haven't, they haven't made a local hire in, I'll say, seven years at, at the high school level. Besides Jennings, mm -hmm. and Jennings right. is great. I'm proud of Jennings, but Jerry Johnson applied for that basketball job. Uh, Coach T applied for that football job. Mm -hmm. There were guys here willing to do the work that they'd never hired. And it does feel like they're not they're they're abandoning the city too. But isn't that um uh, something that I, I, I'm sorry I'm sorry, Coach, go okay, ahead. Yeah, let's not say he's abandoning. Let's not say they're abandoning the city. Like I I wouldn't say that. Like all right, look, some people have different experiences with the athletic director. All right, mm -hmm. like if, if 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 you if you know him, you know him. If you don't, you don't. All right, but uh, like he he's he's grown up in this in the system, the school district Lancaster system as well. Mm -hmm. Like he's been here for years prior to being an athletic director. Mm -hmm. You know, so to say like I, I to he, say he that to huh? no, he didn't. But to say that he doesn't it have it shows. To say that he doesn't have the, the saying, doesn't but, have the best intentions. Or but it, but it does show though through, through the lack of success of the programs. Mm -hmm. no, none of the athletic programs how, are successful. How many past McCaskey players participate in McCaskey Booster Club in the McCaskey Booster Club? Right. 
How many people are part of the things that go on with McCaskey football other than what they post on social media? Not even just right. not even just McCaskey and, football, and junior high right. football. If, if it doesn't serve people, they're not involved. Exactly. Right. So like they can't put their name on it. They yeah, don't so, want to be in. Right. So we can sit like people can sit there and have this talk and poke 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 at people, but never discuss it with them. If you've never gone up to the athletic director, I'm like, hey, you know, I, I want to help out with the program. Okay, well, you got to start somewhere. Right. You, you got to start somewhere. Nobody, nobody wants you to volunteer. Like you can't everybody come in expecting you. I need to be the head coach. I need this and that. Like. I'm not, I'm not saying that for like I'm not saying that in some cases. Right? Speaking on right. football, speaking speaking from football, mm-hmm. it's more than just showing up to be the coach. Right. All right, become a part of the booster clubs. Get other parents, other players with you to get involved in it. So now you have a say of what's going on in your football program. Now you can help pick the coach because the athletic director is going to come to you. I'm like, hey, we need to find a coach. Mm-hmm. They're going to talk to the families. Family's going to help pick a coach. So we can't point fingers and say, oh, it's the athletic no, it's, it's, it's a fault. It's a fault of ours as well. It's, it's mm-hmm. a huge lack of involvement from ex-players, fathers, fathers of the program, not being involved, not mm-hmm. caring enough to go to practice, advocate for yourself, mm-hmm. advocate, like you said, with the athletic director. It's a, it's a community issue. We, we've, mm-hmm. left, we've let this happen to ourselves here. Mm-hmm. But isn't that also a, a Lancaster thing as well, though? Like like uh, Lady L, when... when um, Lady L had had her job at the hotel. You know, she was noticing a bunch of people from Washington State, Oregon, California, coming in, you know, staying. For these jobs. Yeah, for these jobs. And it, it, what I thought was most crazy was that the job, these employers were hiring people who were so unfamiliar with our area. And then they kind of just left them to figure it out what they were going to do for housing. And so they end up living in Lancaster Green, Spring Ridge Manor, stuff like that, because that's all they know. And it's like, as an employer, you're bringing these people into our community without them actually being able to build community, which I think is kind of um, predatory. Because then what? Well, I can't leave. I can't act up. I can't speak out because now I'm 6,000 miles away from my family. Versus if you hire somebody who's here, who's in town, who's empowered a little bit more, who will come to you and say, you know what, I don't like this, I don't like that. You have less control over that person because guess what, if you don't like what they're doing, they're not afraid to get fired because their family's not 6,000 miles away. What they know isn't 30,000 miles away. What they know is right here around the corner. So even if you tried to to use you being their employer as as a carrot to make them do what you want them to do. It works better to manipulate employees who are not from the area, who look at their job as their saving grace, who looks at their job as their master. If it wasn't for my job, I, you know what I'm saying? And so they really just do, and they treat you any sort of way. But if you hire somebody who's here, you know what I'm saying? They're, you're going to get a little bit more mouth. You're going to get a little bit more pushback because these are people who are actively involved and consistently involved within our communities. So then, so then bringing it back to the McCaskey head coach then, is, is could this be an, an, an issue with being too close to the community? You know, um, do, 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 do the powers that be want to have that little, that little bit of separation so that there won't be that power in 
power in numbers. Well, I think that that's a part of it, right? A lot of the administration isn't, isn't, uh, they're not people from Lancaster. Mm -hmm. A lot of them aren't even necessarily people from Pennsylvania. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So they're really coming in and importing their, uh, their ideas, their morale onto our community. And because it's such a, you know, it's, it's a fairly, you know, accepting place to be. Mm -hmm. They're able to come in and it looks all fancy. But what I really noticed is that people don't, because these are people who are from out of town, who have these positions of power, they don't necessarily respect the people who are in town, who have lived here their entire lives, who have grown up here. They're not appreciated. That's why they're not getting those good paying jobs and they got to go to Maryland or mm -hmm. they, um, or they take a job at a factory. Mm -hmm. Like that's not fair. Right. Cause the factories treat you like trash. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. We, but right, like we, we have people that come into the community to help out. Mm -hmm. All right. And then we have people that, that put roots down here. That, that end up staying here. Mm -hmm. They stick roots down here. Like how can, how can we fault people? Like we can't fault people for that. Like for people that want to come into into our school district, that's offering chump change to, to teach. Mm -hmm. You know, it's chump change for a job, and that are yeah, like we. But yeah, but in, if you use that as a stepping stone, then we still got the same problem. People who are not from the community coming in, building their resume, while our children are are being abandoned. While our communities aren't thriving because the teacher, you're essentially saying that this is like Teach for America. Just come mm -hmm. on in here, teach for a year, and go on about your business. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm gathering. And that, that's really unfair. Like, I think it's great that people come in and they get here and they're like, oh, I can do so much. You want to know why people who are not from Lancaster think we can do so much? Because it seems that the powers don't, that be either the local community who's been here doesn't want to do as much or they're being impeded from doing those things plus plus I'm, i mean there's a there's a depreciation of you know the quote-unquote lancaster townie mm -hmm. you know uh when people from uh uh big cities like a uh philadelphia you know they they come in with this mindset of of oh these um small city folks uh but but uh, uh not to get away from the uh, um topic at hand folks um uh, Gary E. Brown. Gary, good morning. Uh, he says, um, you need to recruit uh, University of Miami football players as uh, as coaches like Miami Township did Manheim. if you want like Township. to win. Uh, Manheim Township did uh, as you because you want to win. Um, bringing the experience. I mean, uh, I mean, I'll leave it up to the uh, resident coaches uh, uh, because I uh, talk. You're going. Back and forth in the comments. There's, there's, um, there's D1 athletes here. Like, mm -hmm. why do you need somebody from outside? You think you see what I'm saying? This is what I'm talking about. He's saying I'm conditioned one way. He's conditioned another way. He thinks he needs people from help from other people. I think we can do it ourselves. So it's, it's just a difference of opinion, and it's cool. Like, I'm not going to uh -huh. make a disagree, disagree or agree with anybody. But, uh, hey, I believe Lancaster has enough. Mm -hmm. like, with a bunch of D1 talent here that mm -hmm. is sitting at home complaining, mm -hmm. we don't got to mm -hmm. go to Miami. Mm -hmm. we, yeah. got it, we got it right here. Well, yeah, our, uh, we we do. Uh, the our local, our local pot, our local pot yeah, for coaches like, is, like is, is amazing. Mania like there are so many. Like the thing is, uh, there are a lot. Of, there are a lot of coaches from the, from the southeast Pennsylvania right now in the NFL. Hey, coaches. There are a lot of people from like uh, for just from from my time. Mm -hmm. You know that coach. You know people that I see out that coach. You know that that put in the work. 
that dedicate the time it takes to help make kids better. Mm-hmm. You know, and one thing you learn as a coach is like you're not just making this kid a better football player; you're making it a better a better person overall. You're raising this to be you're raising this person you're raising this kid to be a young man to be a man one day. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, the you you want your coach to have them community ties to where they can reach out and talk to parents. You know, so they can know what's going on with their player. You know, and and for Coach London, his family has become a part of the community. Right. You know, so. You know, I know it's going to be a transition for them as well. You know, I wish them all the best. And, uh, you know, in his future endeavors, you know, as far as McCaskey football program goes, you know, listen, I know there's going to be – it's going to come a time where this collection of coaches that have been out coaching, you know, doing their LeBron, traveling to Miami, <laughs> you know, when, when, when they're going to come. And then McCaskey's really going to be a powerhouse. And it's, mm-hmm. no, it's no longer going to be, all right, well, when this team that's good, when their kids get up here, then McCaskey will be good. Right, like it, it's it's like a continuing thing that goes down the line, McCaskey, and we have to get out of that and become consistent. So then, what happens next? Then, you know, as as a um, as a district, um, as a community, um, as a football team, mm-hmm. you know, what happens next? I mean, obviously, the obvious um, one is that a new head coach has to be uh, um, taken, has to be mm-hmm. chosen. So, you all believe that. McCaskey then needs to hire somebody from the community for it to be successful? I mean, I think no matter what happens, I think it's really a call to action for the community. Like, whoever mm-hmm. whoever they hire, mm-hmm. right, he needs to have 50 volunteer coaches. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it can't be where we watch it. We see Mannheim, Hetfield, they've got a, a sideline full of guys with polos on. Mm-hmm. And we've got six. And only five of those guys are getting paid at Hempfield, maybe less. Right. But we think everybody with the polo should be getting paid at McCaskey. And instead of volunteering, it's a call to action. We got we to gotta all get involved. I've been doing this but, work for 15 years and, and see a lot of dads complain. But don't see a lot of dads get up, get up, get up to work. But to that point, though, to, to, to that point, isn't, isn't that um, a, a, a different economic situation? Like, like those... Those twelve polos on the sideline at Hemfield, they may be able to do that because those twelve polos, you know, they may be, you know, they have those jobs that uh, uh, allow them that flexibility. I'm gonna push back to say, we see a lot of brothers that rappers mm-hmm. ain't got no full time jobs, but are supporting their lives. Mm-hmm. You can take four hours a week to commit to your community. I don't care. I don't want to hear excuses. I don't want to hear excuses. You can take four hours a week out of your time mm-hmm. to contribute. And if you can't, you can find somebody who can. You can inspire somebody else to do the work. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of hearing that. Oh, well, I got a job. I got a, you got brothers. You got cousins. Does everybody in your life work full-time jobs every, all, every day, all day? No. Get up. Get involved, man. I'm tired yeah, of hearing you, that excuse. You know, and the, you know what the problem is? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Something. Go ahead. It's like we hear that. And parents will come out to support their kids. Mm-hmm. Their kids will be their kids will be good. They'll, they'll they'll be all with it up until their kid stops playing. All right, because when their kid stops playing, they're not there anymore. All right, and like they're and like they're we're, they're just gonna exp- well. There's other parents. That's that's the, that's the model. That's the headset now. Well, there's other parents. They sh- they need to do it for their kid. Mm-hmm. Now uh, other parents don't see it. Like somebody has to be the example. Somebody has to be the standard. Mm-hmm. All right, so when you start by setting the standard, you set the example for better people. Right. And, like, so, yeah, don't you, you, you got to become part of the Booster Club. Um, 
you make things happen. Like part of Booster Club, you do have power. All right, you got power in your team and them getting better mm-hmm. and the training they do. Mm-hmm. I know when we were we were younger, we had a great booster club when we played football for McCaskey. Listen, Gary, if you know so much, bro, come out volunteer, man. I, mm-hmm. I would love to see you out helping. I would love to see you out helping instead of in the comments talking about how much you know or don't know. Come out, uh, out bro. That would be great. Kareen uh, uh, says, um, our kids respect residential uh, mentors, teachers, coaches, etc., more than some outsider that doesn't understand uh, where they are coming from. Katrina says, uh, community support is necessary. Gary says, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know much. I only played at eight, a high school uh, choral gavel. Oh, um, hey, hey, all right, big guy. Oh, eight, 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 I'm sorry. Big school. Uh, um, uh, uh, Dr. Hamlet says, I'm with Ty, uh, TCP Booster Club or McCaskey football. For McCaskey uh, football. Um. Janet Galen, good morning. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. She says uh, it sure has changed. Oh man, comments. Um, it sure has changed since the 1970s when we had Coach uh, Castlebaum and the community was more involved. Like the Thanksgiving Day rivalry between McCaskey and Catholic High. Uh, Gary uh, says uh, in Miami we have great mentor coaches. Who are your mentor coaches to help bring these young brothers up? Uh, Katrina says on the football booster club is crazy at McCaskey. They make a lot of money each year. But who's a part of it? Like what yeah, parents? Right. I don't know if we're seeing actual actionable items. Like that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I, we're. I, we're I, not... I don't know what they're doing with that money, but I would love it. I gotta get more involved in the music club. I guess. Well, well, I, I mean, also, are the athletes staying in the district as well? Nope. No, no. You look. If and, you you look by the, by the time they leave uh, McCaskey, they're all transferring to Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, like not just Manheim, not just Manheim, LS, CV, like that's these outer school districts. And I'm pretty sure you, you know, now we're getting away from the on topic, sister. So we're going to transition here, folks. But but I mean, the gentrification that's happening in the city, you know, I'm pretty sure that's not helping with the pool of athletes as. As well, just adds to the complications and many things that, as a head coach for McCaskey football, right. that you're going to have to deal with. Absolutely, you're going to have to deal with not having these football mentors. Changing demographics. Like, the reason we were so good, we were so good because we had we had a sideline of people. Like mm-hmm. there were people every which way that would be there to talk to you, right. that would be there to push you, guide right. you in the right direction. And then the, we fed off of that, so then we did it. It was self accountability. You know, you do that with your teammates then. You're mm-hmm. like, yo, you good? What are you doing? You need to be doing this right. Oh, you ain't in class? What's going on? It becomes it, it becomes a thing. It becomes like, I don't know, like just, just life, like second nature. Mm-hmm. You have to teach that. You have to ingrain that in these young men's mind while they're young. Right. Like you have to, so then they stick with it, and they have something to go off of. So. Oh. All right, all right. Well, um, um, folks, um... Yeah, we're, we're going to move on to, uh, to, to our next story. Uh, but uh, if you are just joining us now, um, I just had some uh, breaking news. The McCaskey uh, head football coach uh, has, has, uh, has resigned. Um, uh, so um, we, are, we are going to um, uh, continue our, our news stories. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Katrina, uh, she says uh, a formal position in the district was created for the coach. Uh, people were let go for that position, so there may be a lot behind it. So, so yeah, as we said, um, more details 
um, are still coming out. So uh, stick with us, uh, TCP, in the morning as we bring you more details. We're going to transition here. Uh, Sarge, what you all got right. for us? All right, all right. Next up, we're going to be talking about uh, COVID-19 and how two states have accounted for the third of the country's new cases. Mm. All right, uh, that we had Dr. Hamlin in and talked about the Delta virus a little bit and how the Delta virus is more transmissible than regular COVID. Right. All right, so two states, Texas and Florida, stand out as hotspots, accounting for, full, for a full third of all new cases nationwide last week. White House Pandemic Response Coordinator Jeff Zients revealed during a Monday press briefing, over the weekend, Florida had the unwelcome distinction of breaking a national record reporting 21,000 new cases, the most for one day in the state since the pandemic began in early 2020. From the start, we've known this virus is unpredictable. Last month, President Biden all but declared victory over the coronavirus, saying in the July 4th speech that it no longer paralyzes our nation. Even then, however, the Delta variant was proliferating with increasing speed across the country. The president's triumphalism has been called premature, giving people a false sense of security. Republican governors like Rob DeSantis of Florida and Greg Abbott of Texas had not waited for Biden to herald the pandemic's end, with DeSantis in particular having spent much of the summer basking in conservative audulation over his handling of the pandemic. Criticism of that approach has grown louder of late, especially as localities seek to impose new mask mandates. So DeSantos and Abbott have vigorously fought such mandates in recent days, reviving a long-simmering culture war. Public health expert, experts, meanwhile, say that masks can help blunt the one advantage of the Delta variant that appears to enjoy its increased transmissibility. <laughs> Gary said, uh, j just like Florida, always want to be number one. Because <laughs> <laughs> right? two was not a winner. Three nobody remembers. <laughs> you know, um... Uh, man, um, man, man, uh, well, sorry, I'll, I'll, all right, I'll so, let you unpack this first. All right, uh, all throughout the pandemic, we've been reporting, we've been, we've, we've, we've been your, we've been your COVID team <laughs> through, through vaccine and no vaccine. Keeping our finger on the pulse of COVID-19. Yes. <laughs> Giving you that shot of news. Aha! Aha! All right, so. Texas, all right, we know Texas is a, is a pretty, when it comes to their governor, Governor Abbott, he has uh, he refused to recognize the critical race theory. Um, he has stopped anything, he, he stopped like anything progressive. All right, and here he doesn't even care about health. He continues to show his, he, he tries to politicize it. Right. All right, just like DeSantis did, does in Florida. All right, these same two guys are the same people we keep talking about, and I don't know why. I hope they're not going to be in office again. <laughs> I hope they're nearing the end of their turn because, like these guys, these guys they, they don't have it. Mm. All right, Mediocre. everything they do is counterproductive. Everything they do is counterproductive, whether it's the pandemic or whether it's legislation on voting rights in their states. That that's what happens to people when it's summer all the time in your state. You just <laughs> it fries your common sense. That's why Gary's up here now because he's like, oh. Those Floridians. <laughs> right, right. Need to get away from them. But, but like, it's, it's, it's when I think about um, Florida, you know, and, and I think about uh, when we started um, reporting on this stuff uh, back when we were in the garage, you know, back in the bunker uh, back in 2020. Um, 
doing the morning show, like Florida never really, never really like shut down. They didn't. Never, never, never really shut down. Like when we were reporting like all the numbers and the stories and whatnot, like. I don't know what you're talking about. People were still going to the beach. What? In Florida? What? I'm just saying. People were going to the beach in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but you like uh, th- all right. So travel. People were wearing masks. Mm-hmm. All right, you were able to wear masks. And listen, I ain't gonna hold you during the quarantine. Like there were some of the best beach spots. <laughs> there weren't a lot of people out. All right. Like, all right, I get I get it. I get it. I got it then, you know, traveling when nobody was around. Mm-hmm. All right. It's different. You're not putting yourself at risk. Right. All right. But when there's a multitude of people. Right. You're out there unvaccinated. No sunblock on. Mm-hmm. You're just out there living, living your best, best life. life. Living like Larry. <laughs> all right. And then right. the spread of COVID happened. Mm-hmm. All right. People going to Texas. Texas is one of the one of the biggest states in these United States. Right. Right? The population, all the people there, they spread out, go different places. And we look at all the red hotspots. Go ahead. Right. Uh, um, but we also have to blame the messaging of the leadership of those states as well. You know, because um, um, Florida, like, like they, they tried to um, uh, intimidate and arrest one of their uh, COVID-19 dashboard people that would update the numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, then, then they, they, they would talk about how, you know, uh, the uh, COVID was a hoax. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, they tried to downplay it this whole time. And they politicized it to the point that people did not listen, you know, and think that, oh, well, you know, I got my black seed oil um, and my sea moss and my turmeric and I'm going to be all right. You know, because I got something called an immune system. You know, get to work, buddy. I got natural. <laughs> I, I eat well. Right. I die well. Right. COVID can't kill me. COVID can't kill me because I got broccoli. Like everybody that uh, got COVID was fat and had terrible diet. Yo, and and so like that that um that messaging from the leadership um uh, kind of enforces that cognitive dissonance where that just uh proves or backs up the factless stuff that they want to believe so very much. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter how much you want to believe in something. If it ain't it, it ain't it, it. you know, and, and not getting a vaccine at at this point, I don't want to shame anybody, but, but I mean, like, I can't even say do your own research because they're going to find some fake research. It's out there. Right. Yeah. And you know, you are, you're you're saying messaging matters. Um, You look at the States, where the messaging is. All right. Alabama, exactly. Alabama, Mississippi, Wyoming, Arkansas, Louisiana, Idaho, and Georgia. They account for 8.5% of the U.S. population, but 17% of all new cases. That sounds like that sounds like the, the black prison population. Ooh. Ooh. Bang, bang. Oh. Silencer. But <laughs> y'all don't hear me though. <laughs> right. So this this remains a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Right. Yeah. All right. So while people are like, oh, don't worry about it. It's your own business. Mind your business. Don't worry about what other people are doing. They can choose not to get vaccinated. It's like, no, my kids. Right. My kids. Like, I'm sorry, right. my kids. Whatever. And the crazy thing is the people that are saying that, let's just 
let's just keep it real. The people that are saying, you know, uh, um, basically my body, my choice, like they agree, well, well, they disagree with abortion. I like, was about to say, like, go ahead, Lady L. No, I was going to say that's that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like those same people that will be like, oh no, don't get the vaccine. No, just it's my body. I can do what I want. And it's like, but a lot of you are the same people that be out there standing outside of those abortion clinics, fighting against Planned Parenthood, screaming about babies that the government doesn't want to take care of anyway, and shaming those parents. And the same people that were against and that are against gay marriage. And it's just like, yo, if you feel like, oh, well, it's none of your business if I get vaccinated or not, then ma'am, sir, you know, same thing. It doesn't matter who I decide to sleep with. Right. And and like j- j- just throwing, um, scrolling through Facebook, just the caucasity of some people. My body, my right, wait, no, my. Oh, and the audacity wait. of some people. Look, look, can't get, a, can't get an abortion. But don't tell me where a man. Right. Like, Make it make sense. I know, I know it's a huge difference, but I'm just saying, as far as no, it's the same kind of thing because if, even so, guess what would prevent a baby, a condom? Mm-hmm. Guess what prevents COVID, or at least not prevents, but helps you fight against it? A mask. Because the condom's not 100 either. No, it's not. God don't like abortion. God don't like mask. Well, I guess God don't like condoms either, even though He equipped. The individuals to to make it and equip the individuals to put it on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Lady we, L. We have no idea how the idea happened. How it came to be. <laughs> it's just embedded in us. Yeah. God was like, "Boom! Now you know how to put on a condom." <laughs> it's kind of like the Matrix. You plug in. I know how to put on a condom. Right? Not, <laughs> they don't teach you in school. True, they definitely bad. don't. I mean, you might put it on upside down, but you figure it out. Oh, yeah. Only, only, only so many ways you can go on. Right, because it'll burn your tip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lady L, take us, take us to the next story. <laughs> All right, guys, this story comes out of New York. Listen, starting on September 13th, <laughs> to coincide with the return of children returning to school, our beloved state above us, New York. New York. Um, so it's, uh, yesterday, uh, Mayor Bill de Blasso from New York announced a new approach, which we are calling Key to NYC. The key to NYC, when you hear those words, I want you to imagine the notion that because someone is vaccinated, they can do all the amazing things available in New York City. This is a miraculous place, literally full of wonders. If you are vaccinated, all that is going to open up to you, you have the key. You can open the door. If you are vaccinated, I'm sorry, if you are unvaccinated, unfortunately, you will not be able to participate in many things. That's the point we're trying to get across. All right. That requirement will apply to both workers and customers, and there will be no option to display a negative test as the city attempts to promote vaccines as the only way to unlock New York City. It does, however, it does not apply to outdoor dining. But uh, the de Blasso administration has been in conversations with leaders of the various industries to sell the policy 
and the news comes weeks after the mayor said he would seriously consider a program similar to France's vaccine passport program. Uh, he said in the interview, not everyone is going to agree with this, and I understand that. But for some people, this is going to be the life-saving act. We are putting a mandate in place. It will guarantee a much high level of vaccination in the city. This is the key to protecting people and the key to our recovery. That's why it's the key to NYC. The key to NYC pass opens a lot of doors that we need. Uh, COVID cases, especially specifically the Delta variant, are on the rise across the tri-state region. Vaccinations have already become a requirement that many businesses as leaders work to stop the spread. De Blasso says he wants vaccinated people to voluntarily mask up indoors, but some have been calling for him to make that mandatory. However, on Monday, he said that the focus should be on getting more people vaccinated which is the best protection against this highly contagious Delta variant. We going on Amtrak, y'all, to New York. <laughs> Whole team. We can do that. Just hop on Amtrak, do like CCP in the morning. We ride Amtrak. We are vaccinated. We are, right. we, we are vaccinated. New York is wide open to us. Like a See, like, like an Amtrak I show. I don't know how I feel. Look at this. I don't know how I feel about them saying, you know, but you got to show your vaccination card. That's where we're at. Why? I, I, I'm, I'm okay with it, but it, it's, we're going down a slippery slope now. You got to show your ID? I, I mean, to get, to get in everywhere. I mean, to get into the places that you want to get into. Right, like you need ID to buy alcohol. Yeah. You need ID to go into the club. Yeah, Sometimes you need thing. ID to go into state-functioning buildings. Yeah. yeah. Listen, how long? Look, we already talked about the chip on the cards, okay? Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. talked about the chip on the cards. There is a database. That shows who all has the COVID shot. There's a da there's a huge database, whether mm -hmm. or not we want to believe it. But when you go get when you get your COVID shot, they yeah, because they have to know where where each dose goes. Right. All right, right. So don't be surprised if sooner or later, hey, you've been vaccinated. It's on your ID. It's on your chip card. So all we do is scan your chip. Your chip's already in your ID. These real IDs that are going to be. They're going to oh, be, that would be we're all going to have to put them that soon. if you're vaccinated inside the real ID because that's new. And isn't this might be the is this the year that we need to get the real IDs or next yeah. year? Like they're coming so, out. Yeah, this is the last year. This will be the you have to have. Yeah, yeah. Right. we so will all have the mark of the beast after this. Year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all didn't know. Oh, I mean, you know, uh, but I think that um, this is this is this is a move that was that was basically forced upon. Um, be because those that chose not to get vaccinated, mm -hmm. like, 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 yo, y'all, y'all, y'all forced my hand. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's how it is. Right. You know, um, uh, I, I, I saw this, um, uh, little four, four box, um, um, comic book thing. All right. Had the one and it was this big monster, you know, and it was like, oh my gosh, we have to slay the monster. And then the next box was like, oh, we're killing the monster, everybody. Keep going, yeah, we're winning. And then the next box was like, wait, where are you going? The monster's almost dead, don't leave. And then, <laughs> and then the monster came back bigger than ever, and it's like, why did you leave halfway through the fight? Why did you kill the monster? And that's, that's, how, that's how COVID is. Like, like we, we were so close, um, not, not 
er, 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 eradicating it or, or anything like that, but we're moving in a positive direction. And, and then now in in some places, um, we're they're having higher numbers than what they have had last summer during the peak time. Lancaster uh, uh, County specifically, we are in a substantial state now. We're worse. Yeah, we're just worse than last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Craig, Craig said, uh, he said we all will have the mark of the beast. Uh, and, and then uh, Gary said, uh, what it's going to take uh, first, uh, they gave away free beer. What's it's going to take to get vaccinated? Right, like Philly, they were giving, Philly's giving out like some between 100 and $300 if you live in certain zip codes mm-hmm. and get vaccinated. And I, I was sitting there going through that list like, let me pull some mail. How <laughs> come? Yeah, how? Right, right. Even, even, even though I was giving out thousand dollar checks. Right, even though I was the last of my ladies' crew to get vaccinated because no vaccination systems were available. Um, <laughs> by the time Philly was giving out buckets of money, I had already got vaccinated. And I'm like, yo, I got mail for these for these zip codes. <laughs> <laughs> Get my money. money from this end of town. Get some money from that end of town. Well, if we gotta get booster shots, you just wait. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, we we gonna see wait. Oh, oh y'all are gonna have another lottery now. Right, right. Now y'all wanna have a lot. But, but, um, I'm good. Go uh, 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 what I was gonna say is, uh, like we were in a rush to get back to normal, right? Yes. Our, the NCAA yes. letting people back, letting fans come back, like we. The pandemic isn't over. We're right where we were last year, mm. if not worse. All right, so how are we going to start school again this year? All right, uh, especially the CC just issued. They said all schools, schools should wear masks. Right. If you're going to be in school, you need to wear a mask. And meanwhile, you have school districts sending emails and stuff saying masks are going to be optional based on you. Like, we can't make we people can't comfortable. That. We can't right. Conti- right. continue to make the people that don't want to get vaccinated. You know what? Cool. Your choice not to get vaccinated. You have to wear a mask. We have to make them. You can't do this. I I just I don't. Your choice. I, I think it might be like a cultural thing, you know. Because let me tell you something. As 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 a as a mom or as a parent, as an adult, as somebody who's in a position of power, sometimes people don't deserve choices. That's just what that. That's what it is. Your choice is what I give to you, right? That that's what it is. And, and they play this game. So last year, when uh, the mask mandate came out, you didn't have a choice. It was what it was. Right. And now we're playing this game. Oh, I don't want my neighbor to feel some kind of way. It's okay. You don't got to be masked up. Hold on, but I got another neighbor who wants to be masked. It's okay. You can be masked up. And it's like, it's the same conversation with racism. Because what you're saying is, oh, you want to be racist? It's okay. Just be racist don't over have, there. Right. Just go on ahead and do it over there. Oh, you don't like racism? Then just stay away from them people, and you'll be fine. Yeah. That's, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. I love that example. Oh, yo, yo, we have to be as, as like we are with racism. All right? Like, we, we have to be the same way when it comes to this Right. Some things are non-negotiable. Like, yeah, we have kids. Like, when you have your kids out, okay, like, we, we don't have to mask up. Right. But now... I'm thinking I'm I'm gonna start masking up. I'm gonna mask up not for my safety, but, but for, for my, my kids. kids. Like if I get it, like I, I love hugging and touching and kissing my kids. Right. I missed that touch for a while. I missed that touch. And now getting back to it, like I I'm gonna I'm gonna be safe. I wanna be safer. Right. You know, and whether that's having events where, hey, either yeah, hey, show you to see your vaccine card or 
You just wear a mask. That's it. Like, and it's 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 your choice, right? It's your choice whether or not you want to get vaccinated. When it's your choice, well, no. If you're not getting vaccinated, you got to wear a mask. Right. Uh, Janet. Janet uh, says uh, the very same people that want voter ID then should not complain about COVID ID. Church. <laughs> Church. Uh, Jen says uh, we need to treat them all like toddlers and says, uh, listen, uh, that lady L. Uh, Corrine says, uh, meanwhile, I'm still waiting on my hundred dollars from my nursing agency since January. <laughs> <laughs> Not that the money was my reasoning in getting vaccinated, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> they got, they um, got you. Uh, Gary, yeah. Gary says, um, um, I, I, I like the way the doctor yesterday explained the different variants we are on. Let uh, letter D now. Uh, by the time school starts, what letter will we be on? Um, and, uh, Craig says, are kids prone to the Delta? Kids can get COVID. Yeah. 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 Kids are prone to Delta. Kids are prone to the Delta variant. And and Delta is the most transmissible version of COVID. So yes, kids are very much susceptible. Like we gotta be safe. And, and there's a, um, program right now that's going on, um, in the school district of Lancaster. Uh, Um, folks, I suggest that you check it out. Um, where, where your kids don't have to go to school. Let me finish. Um, uh, it's it's like this uh, homeschooling type cluster, right? Where there's this hybrid. Uh, so so going ahead, um, check that out. Uh, the the kids don't have to go to a traditional style of of school this upcoming um, uh, school year. Um, so um, our fourth story uh, of t- today. Before we get to our our news break. Um, our news break uh, for today, uh, folks, we uh, sit down with the uh, folks from um, Black, Street, uh, 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 Black Street Journal, um, uh, Penny, mm-hmm. and, um, and uh, Community Union. Okay. Uh, so, so, yes, uh, discussing what is happening this Saturday from 11 a.m. to uh, 3 p.m., Bring in a block party to Roberto Clemente right. baseball field. Uh, so, so um, yeah. yeah, where are we gonna be at Friday though? Uh, uh, Friday, Friday, we are going to be at Blazing Jays. Oh, gonna Blazing be at Jays. Blazing Jays once again. Uh, Friday, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, where we will be having another street show. Uh, Friday is looking like a beautiful day. Uh, uh, temperatures in the 80s. Uh, so come on out, jam out. Um, we're we're, we're going to be singing, having a good time, having a conversation, uh, and karaoke, dancing, and all of that good stuff. Ooh, um, it's be a party. In front of Blazing Jays this Friday, and it's first Friday as well. So you know it's going lit. to be a lit situation. Um, we don't mind if you uh, bring us a cocktail or four while we work uh, to bring you. <laughs> Uh, what we bring you. So, um, getting to our fourth story of of today um, before we go to our our news break. Uh, state universities are bracing for a drop in enrollment this fall. Uh, so, uh, the Pennsylvania State System of Higher Education is bracing for further enrollment declines. Uh, Chancellor Daniel Greenstein told lawmakers this week. Greenstein, in testimony before the House Appropriations and Education Committee, uh, said enrollment at the 14 universities will be challenged in the upcoming academic year. 
He attributed the likely enrollment drop to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic rather than the system's recent move to consolidate six of its universities into two. Uh, Pashi's Board of Governors in July approved the plan to combine California, Clarion, Edinburgh universities into one university and Bloomsburg, Lock Haven, and Mansfield universities into another. Under the consolidation plan, each campus is to retain its historic name, mascot, and sports name. The system's aim for consolidations to be completed in time for the start of school in 2022. Uh, last year, there was 93,704 students enrolled at Pashi's universities. That was a 2% drop from the prior year when the universities enrolled 95,782. The system has been enduring a long string of enrollment declines since enrollment peaked in 2010-2011 at 119,000. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just going to say this and then I'm going to give it to y'all um, um, because I, I, I believe we all in here um, um, uh, attended a PSAC, PASHI um, school. Um, I'm looking at the job opportunities. Uh, that are offered from from going to these uh, state schools uh, to to go back to what um, Principal Sims was talking about on Monday. Uh, he said that these were teaching schools. They were schools, you know, meant to teach, educate, and then distribute teachers around Pennsylvania. And and from then, these uh, teaching schools have, have have kind of evolved. You know, um, when I think about um, people that are using their degrees, you know, in their specific fields, you know, if, if their degree or if that network of people that you met at your state school, if that is actually working for you. Uh, what, what I am finding more often than not when it comes to people that, that just went to a state school, there is still a bunch of employment challenges mm -hmm. that you face. And then if you try to go to another um, uh, state, you know, um, when I was applying for jobs in, in, in Georgia and in California, like, like nobody knew what a Shippensburg was. You know, that came up in multiple, uh, multiple interviews. What's Shippensburg? You know, is that an online college? You know, Shippensburg is everything in Pennsylvania, you know, almost everything. You know, but when, when we start thinking about, okay, where is this degree going to take me? My master's degree from Morgan State has done a hell of a lot more than my undergraduate at Shippensburg. You know, so for my kids, I'm like, look, y'all are not going to a state school because that does not lead you to a path of employment that, and them state schools are in the middle of nowhere that part too like where are you getting where you, uh, for me going to a state school at 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 the age that i was my thing was okay well i need to get experience right because i'm not staying in pennsylvania i'm gonna go easter blip somewhere right so it was about getting internships and getting that working applicable knowledge and i got that because i i did it myself my teachers weren't oh you got to go out here you got to do no, it was like, oh, I'm just going to find some opportunities and I'm going to go ahead and make it happen. And that was, that was where I started. Um, and so by the time I graduated, I took all my internships, put them on my resume, and I looked super good. And I looked like you need to hire me yesterday. 
but how many young people know that or have that initiative? You go to college with the expectation that your professors are going to mentor you and are going to coach you through graduation, and they don't. They're there for a job and a check, not to mentor you. I don't think that's a part of their, their professor job description. You know what I'm saying? Like, they take to the students who they choose to take to. And that's what I was going to ask. Where's, where's the mentorship on those campuses? Like, where's the conversation around job placement? They do job, like, you know, job fairs and things like that on college campuses, but are they really, like, job? Is there a person there specifically to help you get a job? So there's, it's, it's, like, it's a scam. It's, it's a name, but it's not a real position. They don't do the work. There's there's the the mentorship at, at state schools, um, one that I – experience and one that I have seen. Um, that mentorship is not really about post-college. That mentorship is not really about job placement or anything like that. That mentorship is really about retention. Mm -hmm. Keeping keeping those black students at that school and, and, and having these touch points with people on campus if you're having a difficult time because the campus is in the middle of nowhere. On top of those services um, are are often only given to um, students from larger cities. Mm -hmm. So your students from, you know, your Lancasters and your Ephrata's, what have you, may get looked over because they're not from um, a larger city. And, and those um, initiatives are for um, the kids coming from a larger city because I, I get it. It's more of a culture shock mm -hmm. going from, you know, Philly to Shippensburg or to Clarion or what have you. This is nothing but uh, this is this is nothing but college atoning for for their sins. Yeah, all the college is atoning for their sins. Yeah, are all all the racketeering, all yes. the money that's been made, like the way they continue to influx the price of college, right. of housing, of everything. Like they create hundred thousand uh, yeah, like hundred thousand dollars. The way they put people the use the same syllabus for twenty years. years. Like, the root karma has come back around, or like the the folks down south, like the roof was to come home to roof. Right, right. You know, so like it's. Take it, take it. You know, more and more people are starting to realize that they can do more and more. You know, they can do trade jobs. Right. You know, school might not be their thing. So instead of going to college to try and fulfill their parents' promise or something, they're going by other means. They're right. going it other ways. They're realizing that going to a state school, like you just said, it's not it. How many right. 20 years of conditioning they had us mm -hmm. going to college every every summer? But mm -hmm. I mean, that's a part of, and I love that that word conditioning, right? Because then you have a number of parents. So my handsome husband co-hosts and I like, that's a thing. Our kids aren't going to state schools. We already kind of done talked about that. Our debates are something different about post high school education. But there are a number of parents where you going to college is simply based on the price. And there's a whole bunch of kids who are going to be going to these state schools because they fit the price, but they right. are not going to put your baby in that position of power when they leave. Pennsylvania hurt itself by not just calling every school like Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh, or it's University Penn of Penn State, right. and to that or Temple, using all those brands and smaller Penn State East. So you have the name recognition throughout the country, because like right. you said, going to going to a, a, a job interview in Georgia with Shippensburg University had that said Penn State University, they would know who at least where you're coming from. Exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, to that point, Sai says, I mean. You can hit up Penn State. We are, baby. And, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. To um um, to that point, also, you know, when you talk about um, when you talk about the the.
the uh, things that students get into, you know, when when they're when they're in school. Like when I was at Morgan, I had I had a bunch of uh, frat brothers that either worked at the White House or they interned at the White House. I was able to work at CNN at the Pentagon at that. You know what I mean? Like be, because my school was not in the middle of nowhere because it was in a a a really, you know, metropolitan area, I was able to then reap those benefits. You know, and and that's really what college should should be about. And then also that that network. Like those those same frat brothers and friends and classmates that worked in the White House during the Obama years, they're back in the White House now working for the Biden administration in higher positions. That's a part of my network. I can hit them up and say, hey, da-da-da-da-da. I couldn't do that at Shippensburg. Mm -hmm. Like at Shippensburg, that network really began and died in Philly. And that's it. You know, some in Harrisburg, but, but it's so limited versus the bigger schools and the name recognition. Well, look, the big schools like Penn State, all right? It has the name Pennsylvania State, but they charge $20,000 $20, a year right. for, for residence. Right. You know, and, and to a state school like Bloomsburg is only charging about 11000 All right, why such a big price for the school? Is it the name? Is it the education? Is, it, is there that much separation between the level of education that they're getting from Bloomsburg to Penn State? It's the network, man. Like you can go to, you can go for a job in Wyoming, and so they know what Penn State is. So we're so paying. We're paying. You're pretty much paying to go network. Yes. 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 Absolutely. And that's why social media is a monster. <laughs> paying, well, paying for right. prestige. But I mean, but that's a part of the setup, right? So they built these schools in these rural areas where there are no opportunities, mm -hmm. right? So where are the students going to get their experiences at? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? How are they spending their summers? Where, what are, how are they making that work study money that the state has been holding on to because apparently there are so many students who didn't know that they had it. Right. So what, what, are you, what are you doing? Like you go to school at Clarion, Lock Haven. What do you do? Oh, I'm a social work major. Okay, so what are you going to do? Outside of working at those boys and girls clubs. Right. What, what do you do? Or then you get that job with C-Web, right? So then your options are the Boys and Girls Club or Child Welfare. Because guess what Pennsylvania does for their social work department? They make sure you can do child welfare. Right. They yeah. recruit you. They, they pay for your last year of school and everything. If you promise to give up, like, what, a couple years of your life post-graduation. Just give us your soul. <laughs> right? Right. Um, um. Sai says um, Penn State hardly gets any state funding, and he says that you're definitely paying for the network. And Gary says, uh, why is it that Lancaster City um, can only retain only 6% of its college graduates? 94% move away. People hate it here. Because, again, um, pe people can't get jobs here. Like when, when, when I look at my, my, graduation, um, my graduation generation, you know, when we were transitioning from um, uh, college grads, master's degrees to, you know, the workforce, a lot of people, a lot of people, especially from Millersville, you know, try to get jobs in Lancaster, try to get jobs in Lancaster. And it just did not work. It just didn't happen. 
you know, so they moved, they moved to where opportunity is, where opportunity lies. Like they all didn't move back to Philly. It makes me wonder, why, is it because those guys, a lot of them Philly students are from, or those, no. rural, those rural students are from Philly? Yes. Is right. that why they're not getting jobs here? Like, is that a part of the issue? So, well, maybe, because I, what I've noticed is that when I meet other, like, black people who are, like, from Philly, there's a handful of black people that I've met who are, like, from Philly. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of ones that have, like, these nice jobs, they're not. They're from, like, Conshohocken mm-hmm. or uh, Wayne or, like, those suburbs right outside of Philly, mm-hmm. you know, like there, there are jobs that I've applied for, same job. I might have my Philly address, I might not, but it, if I don't have, if I have my Philly address for other cities, it looks good. But to have my Philly address here in Lancaster looks bad. That's because, you know, Lancaster, we are the most slowest progressive. But if I, if it says Oregon, I can get a job racist. though, right? Cause that's who's coming in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. No. Um, we're going to uh, put put a uh, pin in it right there, um, uh, folks. Uh, we have our news break, and, and then coming back, uh, we are going to discuss uh, CDC issues, um, new eviction ban, um, and the high court in Pennsylvania um, d- d- delays eviction cases. Uh, find out uh, which uh, county that is. Also, uh, the bipartisan bill uh, that is being discussed this week. Leaves out some key factors. We have um, um, a follow-up uh, story with that. And also, Versus. We are going to end the show talking about um, um, Versus. More so, more so, like we said, um, um, off-air. More so, uh, the Locks concert uh, <laughs> that featured what? Dipset. Yeah, Dipset, Dipset, <laughs> Dipset showed up to the Locks like, concert right, last night. Right, right, right. That, 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 yeah, that really that Dipset on stage for the Locks concert. Right, right. That really felt like um, uh, hip-hop honors the Locks. <laughs> and... and <laughs> And 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 uh, Dipset just kind of you know. All right, well, paid homage. Let's give you guys a break. Let's throw in a do rag. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Joel Santana had every single kind of designer on. He said, "I'm wearing all the night. He yo, I he said he said, "Look, bro, I need Fubu and Gap. Fubu and Boss too. <laughs> J Crew, all that. I, I I'm gonna wear it all." Put on, put in his fake teeth. <laughs> I know Joel's only got like two. Right, right. So, um, uh, uh, folks, watch the news break, uh, and then we're going to get to it. Uh, this is TCP in the morning, brought to you by Penny.com, Pennsylvania's number one healthcare marketplace. Good morning, and welcome back to TCP in the morning news break. It's your girl, Lady L. And I have some dynamic guests with us today. Actually, they're going to be sharing how they're actually making change here in our community. So I can't wait to dive into those details. Uh, guys, let's welcome our guests this morning for our TCP in the morning news break. We have three guests. So uh, we're going to do ladies first, and we're just going to welcome them one by one. So good morning. Let's start with you, Miss Jackie. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm Jackie Concepcion, the Vice President of Community Impact at Union Community Care. Nice meeting you all. Good morning. Good morning. And Jenna. Jenny, I am uh, the owner and publisher of La Voz Latina Central. And we are also the uh, uh, publishers of the Black Wall Street PA. 
Awesome, awesome. And our uh, last but not least, our guest, Zach. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, and, and thanks so so much for having me on. I'm, I'm Zach Sherman. I am the executive director of Penny, and Penny is Pennsylvania's new health insurance marketplace, which is the place where Pennsylvanians who don't have access to coverage through their employer or through some other means have the ability to get connected to quality health insurance, free unbiased support, and very importantly, uh, financial assistance to make the cost of coverage and care affordable. Yes, that is awesome. That is awesome. And guys, if you don't already know, nine out of 10 people in Pennsylvania qualify for some sort of financial assistance for their healthcare coverage through Penny. So um, go ahead and check out their website. But we're not here to necessarily talk about that, but we are here to talk about how these three entities have come together and they are making an impact here in our community. So, um, I, Jack, I see your mute is off. So let's start with you um, and talking about Union Community Care, this event coming up and making impact here in Lancaster. Okay. Well, let me start by saying uh, Union Community Care is a federally qualified health center. We have um, 10 sites between Lancaster and Lebanon five of which are in Lancaster City. So we offer medical, dental, behavior health services, social services. So we've been out in the community since this pandemic began, testing, vaccinating. And now um, part of what our social service department team does is uh, help people that are uninsured get insurance, whether it's through um, Penny or Medicaid or any other um, venue that they need to get insured. So we are very, very excited to partner when Jenny um, called me and said, hey, Jackie, I'm thinking about something in Lancaster. Uh, what can we do? We came up with this um, fantastic idea of collaborating where we can do a big event where we could offer people the ability to sign up for insurances, but at the same time, looking at that we're getting ready for back to school, doing child well checkups, getting kids 12 and up vaccinated and having fun activities in the community. So we, we put together very quickly a, a community event that is gonna offer the ability for people to come get insured, have some fun, listen to music, reconnect in the community, get vaccinated, get well child checks and do it in a very fun and, um, you know, the, in the kind of style that you can do, you have a community block party start. <laughs> That is awesome. And thank you for sharing that. I had no idea that you guys would also be administering uh, child well checkups, especially because school's coming back and the kids are going to need that. So I think that is awesome to get parents out and get the kids ready to go back to school, whether it's online or hybrid or in person. Um, yeah. Moving along, uh, Jenny, if you could just share with us your idea for this uh, event to make community impact here in Lancaster. Sure thing. So yes, uh, both um, Union Community Care and Penny are both my clients. And uh, Penny, I knew they had that one last push that they needed at, uh, before the deadline of um, for this year, which is August 14th. So I'm like, oh man, we got to do something huge, you know? And anybody who knows me knows that I like I'm like grandiosio, you know, I have to do everything like to the max. So, so I was like, you know, 
trying to get a hold of Jackie, you know, let's see what we can do. So I said, Jackie, let's uh let's do like um let's just do like a festival. Um uh, and uh so we started like with yeah, let's just do this. Let's let's get bouncy houses. Oh no, we need a stage, you know. I'm like, let's do this. We need get the DJ. And then, you know, it just started to be so much fun. And um, she has the people that are working on her end that this is one thing that I want to say that um collaboration is like the best way to do anything. Because if you can use each other's resources, you can get things done at a much more efficient uh, way. More people benefit from it, and you get you know things get accomplished that way. So I just really want to thank Jackie and her staff for for really stepping in and helping out with this project. Um, but yeah, with all that, uh, we are coming out with this black party. Yesterday, I'm like, what are the t-shirts? I'm like, no, 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 no. can you come to me that Thursday? You know, it's like, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun to do. Um, we are a newspaper, but my uh, parent company is JJ Smart Promotion. So we do events and, you know, um, you know, just make these for the community. Just, it's something I love to do and I'm happy about it. And I think uh, Saturday is going to be fantastic. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Our community members are looking forward to it. Um, but before we get over there, uh, Zach, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about Penny and you guys' contribution and the impact that you're hoping to make this Saturday here in Lancaster? Definitely. And, and we're, you know, I'll just say at the top, we're so grateful for this opportunity. Um, you know, broadly speaking, Penny is um, working towards making sure that everyone has access to affordable quality coverage so they can get access, so they can access the services and supports they need to better their health and, and to live a productive, a productive and healthy lifestyle. Um, and, you know, key to that is, is, is knowledge and information about what you're entitled to receive, right? And we know that there are a number of people across the Commonwealth in Lancaster County and elsewhere who are who have um, who are eligible to receive considerable financial assistance to help pay for their coverage to ensure that they can get covered, but they might not know about it. So events like this, opportunities like this to be on the ground, to be in the community, to uh, provide access to a number of services, including, enrollment assistance is so key to reaching those populations and, and we're really grateful for it. Um, we have, uh, I, I believe there will be assisters on the ground. We'll have um, members of my team there. I think there will be informational giveaways for people to learn more about Penny. So you can show up, learn about it and enroll later. Um, if that's what you wanna do, there are a number of ways in which you can enroll in coverage through Penny. We have assisters across the Commonwealth, including at uh, Union Community Care. Uh, we have a dedicated call center. We have a, uh, you can enroll online, apply and enroll online. Um, and we, you know, we really exist to, to give people uh, the assistance they need to navigate the process in the way that's most comfortable for them. So um, if it's in-person at community events like this, if it's home online, just working your way through it, um, we, we aim to serve and, and we, you know, again, the financial assistance that we provide is really um, the difference for most of our customers in terms of being able to afford coverage and actually 
use that coverage. So you mentioned nine out of 10 of our customers receive um, financial assistance. For most of them, it's really considerable. Right now, more than 50% of the over 330,000 Pennsylvanians enrolled through Penny are paying less than a dollar a month for their monthly premium. The financial assistance is significant. Um, and, and as Jenny mentioned, this is the big last push in our um, open season, our COVID-19 enrollment period, it ends on August 15th. Um, so the time to come in and apply is right now. Come to Penny and apply by August 15th and you'll be able to get covered right now and you'll be able to get access to the financial assistance to make um, access to healthcare services in your reach. So um, I, I wanna uh, hold on to this Penny conversation just a bit because I know that it can be um, a daunting task to look for insurance and things of that nature. So what should parents or families bring to the event? Because it sounds like a block party, but it also sounds like a little bit of a resource fair. So it's like, well, while my kids are jumping in the bouncy house, I can go over here and handle some business at the same time. So what are some pertinent documents that people ought to bring with them if they um, want to get access to some resources? I just wanted to say something real quick about what you just said. Um, that is the reason why we did the block party. Because I said, Jackie, when everybody hears about a health little fair, they're not going to come. <laughs> I said, we got to have a block party. We have to have things that are fun for the kids. Uh, whole, and then, you know, you're able to provide the information. So that's why we went this route. So that we can put fun and health together. So go ahead about information that needs to be brought with them. Maybe Jackie, you might know that. Well, I'm happy to start and Jackie, if you want to jump in. I, you know, we, um, for purposes of applying for coverage through Penny, um, we ask information about your household um, and we ask you information about your income. Um, the financial assistance we provide is, is based on the amount of, um, money you're expected to earn in your household in the upcoming year. So we have to ask some information about that. Um, in terms of things to bring, you know, identifying documents are helpful um, and income information, pay stubs, tax, tax return information. We'll ask you to estimate your income information. We may ask you to ultimately provide us with documentation of that. Um, but it, it can also be an, iter an iterative process. So we can start the application process and say we need um, you know, to, to continue along. Uh, we can continue along the process to sign up for coverage. Ultimately, we're gonna need you to furnish documentation of your income here or of your lawful presence status over here or something like that. But um, broadly speaking, we need to know a little bit about your family and your household and a little bit about your income information and, and that will lead to an eligibility determination of financial assistance that then can be applied to all of the plans available um, in your area, wherever you live. Awesome, and Jackie, um, I know that Union Community Care is gonna be doing uh, some activities over at the block party. Is there anything that parents should bring um, when they come and visit Union Community Care if they need any resources from you all? So I wanted to point out that um, Union Community Care has um, 
five uh, social workers and five community health workers of which all are registered penny assisters. So we're gonna have um, a really good amount of people that if, if someone is not able to register the day of, they can schedule appointments and get in um, to do their applications for um, insurance. But in terms of what they need for us, um, really I want parents to come prepared if you know they need um, get their kids vaccinated, if they need to get vaccinated. We are gonna partner with Latino Connection who's gonna be there with the DRV to vaccinate people. If you need a child well checkup, you can get um, walk in if between the times that we're there. If not, we will schedule you an appointment. We do want, if your children do need um, immunizations, we ask you to bring your immunization card so it'll be easy to, to know which immunizations are up to date and which ones they need. Um, but more importantly, we want people to come and just have fun, to reconnect with the community. Um, our Two community health workers who have been in charge of putting this together, Shally Vargas and Ebony Pitts, have done a phenomenal job in bringing DJs, food trucks, um, a lot of children's activities. There's some we had to limit because you know we are still in a pandemic, um, but we have a variety of activities and a lot of resources, a lot of. Um, resources for parents to take with them. We're also gonna have a, a big giveaway of book bags and um, door prizes. So there's gonna be a lot of fun activities that people can win, uh, put in and, and win. Uh, it's gonna be, I think, four bicycles that we're gonna raffle. So it's a, a fun environment, but also a, uh, an opportunity for parents to really get their kids ready for school. That's awesome. Um, I'm one of those parents. I'm not ashamed to admit it. So I will be there with my uh, little packet for my kindergartner so that I don't have to uh, take it to the doctor's office. We can just do it right then and there. Um, that yeah. is awesome. That is awesome. So Jenny, I want to just circle back to you um, as somebody who like kind of had this idea brainchild. Um, what are you hoping that the community attains uh, for Saturday and let them know exactly uh, where this event is taking place on Saturday. Okay, so one of the things, first and foremost, is the health of our community, the well-being of our community. This last year and a half has been very tough for the community, and this is a outdoor event. It's it's an it's one of the few things that have that that is happening over the summertime where we can bring the community together. So that in itself is well-being. Um, we need each other. The community needs each other and they need to see each other. And this is a, a great opportunity um, to get health information and prepare for, for the next few months and get information to be safe and be ready so this is the well-being of our of our community in Lancaster. Um, it's going to be at um, Roberto Clemente Park on Duke Street, um, right near the uh, Union Community Center, and the whole block is being um, so you won't be able to miss it. Okay, and there will be food trucks out there, and um, and secondly, you know, for this event, those people that do not have health insurance and are just risking it, they have an opportunity to learn about it. Penny is very new. So we, 
in, in not just um, providing the opportunity to sign up for health, health insurance, but you also have the opportunity to brand Penny. Like people can know who Penny is. They may have insurance now, they may have some other, um, but in a year from now, something happens. They know now that there is something available for them um, that, they, that they can afford. So it's, 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 it's twofold. You know, they have an opportunity if they don't have insurance to learn about Penny, um, learn about these resources they can get through um, the Union Community Care. Uh, but also in the future, if you need anything, if you need any health services, if you need any health insurance, there's two dynamic uh, organizations that are here to help. And that is important as well for people to know that there is help out there. Awesome, that's awesome. All right, before I sign off, uh, Zach, Jackie, do you guys have anything you would like to add uh, before we uh, move it back to our studio? I just wanna say everyone is welcome. Um, there's no limit. Please come to our event on Saturday at Roberto Clemente and our Union Duke Street office. It's going to be, the street is going to be blocked, so you're going to be able to move back and forth, um, bring your kids, have some fun, get information on insurance, um, get vaccinated. If you haven't gotten vaccinated, um, there's going to be opportunities to learn, to get information on a lot of things. So you are welcome. Please come early. We're going to be there starting at 11 o'clock, but um, bring the whole family, invite your neighbors, your friends, and your family. I just, I just like to thank Jenny and Jackie for pulling this together. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a great opportunity for people to have some fun and also to learn some things about important services that are available. I'd also like to thank TCP Network for helping us promote it. Um, and then lastly, I just say, you know, if if you're watching this and you're uninsured or you're looking for an affordable alternative to what you currently have, you can sign up for coverage right now and you can check us out and check Penny out at penny.com, P-E-N-N-I-E.com, or you can give us a call at 1-844-844-8040 and we'll help you along the way to, to get covered. Thanks. Awesome, awesome. Well, guys, listen, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you all to our guests for being here today on TCP in the morning. I'm looking forward to this Saturday. Um, that'll be August 7th is the date, right? So this Saturday, August 7th at 11 a.m., come and meet us down at Roberto Clemente Park on Duke Street in Lancaster City uh, for this block party, street festival, uh, resource, community meetup. It's everything that we've been waiting for all year um, since COVID has happened. So come on by if you're not vaccinated. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you can at least come and ask a series of questions to get you one step closer uh, to consider being vaccinated or at least just arming yourself with the knowledge for yourself and your other relatives, keeping you all safe from this disease. Um, guys, thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, stay tuned for more TCP in the morning, powered by Penny.com. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey.
Alright, I don't know if I'm your feet. Alright guys, welcome back to the show. That was our news break. Uh, we had some phenomenal guests that are actually organizing this weekend's block party. Alright, so let me tell you a little bit about this block party. It's happening, it's outside. I know Gary had a comment about, uh, he says, I love you guys, you're going to hate me for this, but I do not think we should have events like this. This event will be a super spreader. Uh, Gary, no, it's not. It's outside. So we and, and, give away vaccinations. And, yeah, people are literally, like, literally, you can come and get vaccinated outside at the event, and then you can still wear your mask. Like You're supposed to. Right, like, nobody's saying to show up. But listen, let's talk about this event on Saturday. They will be doing vaccinations. Um, for people that are 12 and older, and they will also be doing like well baby and well child checkups. So if your child is behind on any immunizations or you just want them to have a checkup, you can bring them in and they, they will be serviced by medical professionals. Um, not only that, but for your kindergartner that's going to school and they need that, um, that doctor's appointment, that checkup, um, the physical form filled out, or if you need that physical form filled out for sports for this season, Come on down to the block party at Roberto Clemente Field on Duke Street this Saturday from 11 to 3. And not only that, but you can also sign up for Penny Healthcare coverage. And if you don't have all your documents to, for, for them to give you the okay for coverage this Saturday, they have three social workers who are at Union Community Care who will follow up with you to make sure that you get your coverage. Um, getting this COVID coverage, it ends August 14th, so we want to hurry up and get everybody signed up. Or if you think that your premiums are too high, you're paying too much uh, money for health insurance, come on down this weekend to Roberto Clemente Park in Lancaster City, right on Duke Street. Get your vaccination, get your well baby visit, get health care coverage, all that. Have fun. Play, let's play some jump rope, y'all. I'll see you this Saturday. Over to uh, that. Hold, oh. hold on. Keep on oh, talking. Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to just keep on talking. They just told me to keep on talking. So, yeah. Listen. Um, Good morning, Tabitha Hernandez. Good morning. Also, not only that, but this Friday, right? This Friday, we will be doing another sidewalk show outside, because we're outside, at Blazing Jays. So, we will be right there outside. Um, on King Street in front of Blazing Jays doing a sidewalk show this Friday. So if you didn't get the invite to our uh, Black Professionals Meetup, that's fine. Come and meet the team down at Blazing Jays uh, from 5 to 8 for the sidewalk show. Blazing Jays is going to be unveiling some new menu items. It's going to be a big deal. So come on out, Blazing Jays, this Friday right on King Street. Um, to uh, see the team, support the team. You know, last time we were outside of Blazing Jays, we were doing, um, what were we doing? We were uh, uh, the, doing the wobble. We were doing the soldier boy and all Are of that. Waiting? So uh, listen guys, yeah, we'll see you this weekend. Over to the desk. Hey. Hey, we got a uh, uh, phone call. Hello, caller, what's going on? Hello, hello, this is Gary Brown calling. How are you doing today? Doing good, Gary. How good morning, you? Gary, good, what's good, up? Good. Hi, I just want to let you guys know, you know, first off, I moved to Lancaster because golf is cheap. After retiring from, <laughs> after, after retiring from Verizon Communication, I found that golf was cheap in Lancaster. And my minor was exercise science, and I felt like that Lancaster really needed my help in the rim of exercise. So that's why I went from telecommunications, IT, to computer telephony integration specialist for 20-some-odd years to becoming a... Uh, health and fitness coach for, for Mayo Clinic, for Cooper Clinic, 
and also for uh, uh, just recently, well, uh, uh, Dr. Sears certified. So to me, I'm a statistic guy. I also play ball. I'm all about numbers. Mm-hmm. And statistically, any event outside people together with this D variant is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Okay. You, you may hate me for it. But we're finding that Lollapalooza and all the other events that happened this past weekend are super spreaders, okay? We're going to end up in some really bad places. Uh, we talk about variants. This is only D. Okay, this is D. Right. I, I, I statistically, I'm thinking by, by the time we get to November, we will be probably at letter K, mm. all those different variants, okay? Yeah. K as in, you know, killing people, for sure. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to call in and let you know that. Don't, no Thank hard you. feelings at all. I, th- I just think that anything happening outside as a group, it, it is said that if you can actually smell the smoke of a person smoking uh, 20 feet, 100 feet away, that's an aerosol. That's the actual D-variant itself. That's the, that's the air that you're breathing in. That could be the actual... Um, COVID D, D variant of someone else, you know? Yeah. So right. think about that. If you're out somewhere, I, I've been out at the golf course and go, man, I smell smoke. Right. I don't know where it's coming from. I look like three fairways away, there's a guy smoking. So you think about it. This variant has become so severe, so bad that it's actually an aerosol. It's not like droplets anymore. So mm. I don't know. I've only been on this earth a little bit. And about the Miami, Florida thing, this is very important. Um, you know, I, I trained kids here for years. Um, uh, I did sports-specific training. Uh, I remember once doing a um, a 40-yard dash with the CV high school football players. Mm-hmm. I was I was 50 years old, and I ran a 4-9 wow. then. We, we, now, we say... Miami, Florida, we have a saying, the closer you are to the equator, the faster you are. Okay? <laughs> we are fast in Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. I, I made it clear to a lot of these kids here I trained. They would not make my high school football football team. Mm-hmm. Frank, Frank Gore's my little cousin. He's a Seymour. He's my little cousin. Okay? So you look, look at all the guys who went. So anyways, my point being, in order for you to get good coaching here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, like uh, Manhattan Township did, the booster stepped up, and the people stayed out, out of the way. You got to go old school. Get these parents out of the way, and let the you know how they do it down south. Right. right. <laughs> Par- parents kick you out of the house for you to play. Here they keep you in the house. <laughs> you know, They're like don't come back into you know unless you broke a sweat. You know, that's the way we are down south. <laughs> you know, so. Anyways, thanks for taking my call. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Thanks for yes. calling. Yes, thank you for and, calling, Gary. And, and look, thanks, please, Gary. Appreciate please, you. Please feel free to um, um, call back. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for listening. And, and, and again, thank you for calling in. Again, I love your show. Uh, <laughs> stay, much, stay, stay strong. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. All right. So, um, uh, folks, um, um, again, if you want to call in, 717-992. Five five six nine. Again, that is seven one seven nine nine two five five six nine. Gotta give Gary some credit. We yeah, haven't yeah. said that number for like an hour, so he remembered that. <laughs> Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, can we post that up again? Let's post that any, number up any, again. And 
and he called up dropping that knowledge folks folks yes um we actually have to get um um gary to to um come up here one time and uh and and talk with us uh, uh so brother we will be in your inbox uh so um, let's get to story number five. Right. Uh, CDC issues new eviction ban. What you got for All us? All right, Sarge? like not to get away from COVID, uh, we're worse. Than, we're just as bad as the state as we were last year when it comes to number wise and uh, where we're at. Uh, so sticking with that, some people have become extremely worried because July 31st was the end of the, the temporary moratorium on evictions. Yeah. All right. So a lot of people have been up on the fence about it, not knowing what to do. And you know them landlords are quick to get people out. So, you yep. know, they were, they were right down at the office filing, um, threatening people. You know, they need to leave, this and that. So, the Center for Disease and Control and Prevention is issuing a new temporary moratorium on evictions. The agency announced Tuesday the new moratorium. It, would, it, will, separa- it will be separate from the CDC's prior eviction moratorium that expired over the weekend. The new o- order, which expires on October 3rd, covers counties experience experiencing substantial or high levels of COVID-19 spread. One source familiar with the moratorium said that the currently that currently includes about 80% of U.S. counties or 90% of the U.S. population. The emergence of the Delta variant has led to a rapid acceleration of community transmission in the United States, putting more Americans at risk, especially if they are unvaccinated. That's what the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, said Tuesday. This moratorium is the right thing to do to keep people in their homes and out of a out of a congregate setting where COVID-19 spreads. So the late this moratorium, though, could face legal challenges because the Supreme Court determined the Biden administration couldn't extend the moratorium eviction through the uh, executive action. As the latest eviction moratorium was about to end last week, the White House told Congress told Congress that they need to act while Congress told the White House that they need to act. The White House said it lacked the, the authority to extend the moratorium because in June, the Supreme Court decided 5-4 to allow the eviction ban to continue through the end of July. So, yeah. And it's, it's like, hurry up and do nothing. Like, it's, it's the pointing the finger. It's like that Spider-Man picture. You know what I mean? With all those Spider-Mans and, you know, putting it that Spider-Man, it's his fault. It's his fault. It's his fault. His fault. You know, they're supposed to be doing something. And ain't nobody did nothing. Yeah. So, um, Representative Cora Bush has slept outside the Capitol to protest the end of the eviction moratorium. She's, she was out there for five days. She said that she refused to accept that Congress could leave for vacation while 11 million people faced eviction. For five days, they were there demanding that the government act to save lives. Today... The movement has moved mountains. Now, October 3rd isn't the end-all, be-all either. All right? Um, if you don't know, there's rental system stuff out there. Get on, get on one of these programs. Give yourself time. L- help your rent get paid. Like, keep your landlord happy. Have your landlord happy. Once, If he knows you're doing the right thing to get him paid, to get, get her paid, whatever you're doing, if they know you're doing the right thing, they're, they're probably not going to evict you. All right? Um... Cover your bills too, you know, light bill, gas bill, whatever you guys got going on. What cover it? No. No, Why? no. I'm saying like if you're behind. I'm tired. Of, I feel like I might have been the only American paying my bills. Like I, like no, I ain't get no money from the government. No nothing. I'm still waiting, and I'm still we still paying our bills, and I'm annoyed. I'm getting annoyed. Because you keep extending these bans, and I'm speaking like a privileged person. You keep extending these bans, and you ain't helped the people get the money in the first place. 
Like all you're doing is delaying it. You're saying, oh, well, the states got the money. The states aren't capable of giving out the money. So the states haven't given any money. People ain't paying their bills because they waiting for the money that y'all said y'all gave to the state. So while they're sitting there waiting, those people then go back and they verify to make sure and da 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 da, da. And it's, it's ridiculous. I don't think it's so much the people of not like choosing to not pay their bills. Oh, they stuck between a rock and a hard place. I got to pay my electric, my gas, my cable, my internet, and my rent, and I got $400, and I need to decide mm-hmm. which of these. I, I know how to budget as but a poor I know person. I'm saying you're also in a two-person, you also have, you're in a two-person household. Like, I don't, like, we can't get away and act like it's, it's the same, it's the same for everybody, let, let, it's not. I, I, everybody, I There's that. still people that haven't gotten unemployment yet. There's yeah. people that, that weren't able to go back to work while having their kids. They didn't have nobody to take care of their kids. So then what do they do? I guess they should. I guess they they need to get a a a remote working job. You can't do that. You can't be soft in some places and be hard. Well, yeah, you can. So we have everybody does. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They've opened up America. You guys voted so that Pennsylvania can't go into another shutdown. I'm not trying to hear. I can't pay my bills when you voted to not have some of those resources and protections into place. You say not voted. Hey, a non-vote is a vote. A yep. non-action is an action. Right. Like, I'm not trying to hear that. You decided not to pay your bills because you had to make a decision between all these other bills that you had to pay. That is a decision. That is a decision that you got to make as an adult. It's a hard one. It's a difficult one, but it happens. And, I mean, as somebody who grew up in, in the ghetto, you're not going to get no, no none of that for me. Because guess what? We've been out here. We've been paying bills. It is what it is. I'm sitting up here trying to get... I'm not going to lie. I'm on the other end of it, though. Like, I have somebody in the house that I'm trying to get out that hasn't been paying bills. Dang, Keith. So uh-huh. I'm on the other end. I'm just talking trash. No. I, I was saying she was trying to get somebody out the house who ain't paying bills. Oh, yeah, that's me. So that's what I was like, dang, Keith. <laughs> that's me. No, uh, so President, I don't pay a near thing. <laughs> President Biden told reporters Tuesday afternoon he isn't sure whether the new ev- eviction moratorium will pass constitutional muster, but any litigation would probably give some additional time for rental assistance funds to flow. All right, and listen, I think it's the federal government needs to do this. Otherwise, the state, they'll cut the date off. They'll keep the money and build build a new private prison, or go in their rain in their rainy day fund that they use for whatever they want. They have right. a hard enough time giving us unemployment in right. Section Eight vouchers. Mm-hmm. Please explain to me how these people are going to give out billions of dollars for rental assistance and mortgage assistance. Well, um, well, well, it's it's, it's going to have to get the court system involved, much like our uh, next story, Lady L. Right. So this is, I mean, this is honestly what we need to do as black people is just sue the American government because this is where we're at. This story comes out of uh, Harrisburg. Um, this, this is crazy. So open the door for local courts across Pennsylvania to protect thousands of tenants still waiting for urgently needed aid. The state Supreme Court on Monday approved a request from Bucks County to pause eviction cases for up to 60 days if someone has applied for rental relief. Let me repeat that. A request from Bucks County, the court approved it, to pause eviction cases for up to 60 days if someone has applied for rental relief. An additional reprieve came late Tuesday in the form of a new limited federal eviction moratorium 
Um, and they kind of just talked about this with the CDC. The previously uh, federal froze Federal freeze on evictions ended on Sunday after President Joe Biden said he was powerless to extend it again. And as Sarge just said, the um, it gets expanded uh, through October, October 3rd. Um, but I think that this is cool. This actually opens up the opportunity uh, for other counties in Pennsylvania to to advocate for the an extension. Um, Okay, many families who have fallen behind on rent because of the pandemic are at risk of losing their homes, despite an unprecedented amount of relief funding available to help them catch up. Pennsylvania has $847 million to spend from the first slice of federal funding alone, with an additional $670 million on the way. Each of Pennsylvania's 67 counties is running its own program to distribute the funds, and the Commonwealth is getting the money out to landlords and tenants faster than most states. Even so, less than 20% of the funding has have been spent by the end of June. The applicants have often had to wait weeks, if not months, before receiving the assistance. Bucks County uh, requests the state Supreme Court cited a dramatic increase in eviction filings anticipated once the federal eviction ban ended and the need for more time to get the assistance money out. Um, at least 400 applications for rental assistance from county residents remained under review at the end of July. The immediate risk of countless unnecessary evictions demanded this extraordinary action. Joshua Goldblum, managing attorney of legal aid of Southeastern Pennsylvania's Bristol office said in a statement, in June, Legal Aid of Southeastern Pennsylvania asked courts in each of the four suburban counties it serves to divert or delay eviction cases and give tenants more time to receive help. All right, all right. Well, guys, I think that this is this is a great start. Um, maybe, or maybe we're just delaying the inevitable money that's not going to show up, and we're holding off. Like, I don't. I don't trust it. I also don't trust the government. I'm still waiting on everything. So I'm sorry, pardon my, I'm, I'm not moved. I'm not impressed. Yes, you're, what you're telling me is that the state of Pennsylvania has hundreds of millions of dollars to for a rental relief for landlords and tenants and they don't know how to give it out. They're having a hard time giving it out. The system isn't equipped to give it out. They're, like, I'm just, I'm not impressed. Like, you keep talking about the government gave you money and you can't give the money out. But people are applying for this stuff and what they're giving you is not enough. It's, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a cycle and it's, it's a BS cycle. Exactly, and you keep people waiting and you keep them oppressed. And when the evictions come, for those people that probably still won't ever get that money, because it happens. Living with that cloud of eviction over you is super stressful, man. So now you're, not only do I not have the finances, right? Now I have to deal with this level of stress. And now my life every day, day to day is more stressful because of everything I'm dealing with and carrying with me. It perpetuates itself. But I'm, I'm supposed to hold out hope that the my government is going to, right. and then honestly, what are the people in Bucks, Bucks County supposed to do with 60 days? 
I've applied for my rental assistance. What if I apply for my rental assistance outside of those 60 days? Now I'm at 120 days. How does that work? I don't know. Guys, over to the desk. Um, I feel as though that, um, that once people start losing their jobs um, for, for not completing a set quota, um, then that's, that's when we'll start seeing some kind of change. Um, because, I'm, I mean, look, this, this rental assistance thing, um, uh, when, when we were at on Clipper, mm -hmm. um, they were also doing rental assistance downstairs. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when we went downstairs to take a look at it, you know, who, who was it? You know, it was a bunch of people from the community action uh, program. You know, so are those people now being held accountable to, to, to get a specific amount of number of applications in? Is there a, a quota that they have to fill each day to, to show, right, to, to show that they're actually going about this program and doing the program or doing their job? Is there a way to see that if, did this person contact these people after this date? Because what is coming down to what I'm seeing is, well, why are people waiting so long? We can't keep on saying the system, the system, the system. The system has people in it. So the system is going to be as effective and as efficient as the people, as the people that are in it. So if people are waiting months and weeks, but then they're telling us that, you know, there's such a low percentage of of applications there's all this money and low percentage of applications so then what i'm seeing there's a disconnect there's a disconnect because then if there's such a low amount of applications then how comes they're not being expedited through and these people are waiting two weeks you know so then i'm looking at the person that is supposed to move the ship from point a to point b and how fast and efficient are they moving and they're not being held accountable? Look, you saw those Instagram reels. You know what they're doing at their office. Sitting there, hee, hee, ha, ha, and scrolling on Facebook. Some of them might be watching the morning show. If that's you, you need to do your work and push but, through some applications. But nobody, but also nobody is holding them accountable. Mm -hmm. And on the same token, for the extra work, because they didn't get into this to do um, um, eviction uh, uh, cases. Mm -hmm. um, so, so there has to be a incentive on their side as well that's deviating them from their everyday job. All right, and um, this it's it's about getting the message out there. Okay, like uh, if you go, I know the first time, like I, I've talked to the people that have been doing it. Um, the first time they said it was it was difficult. It was hard to start, get through with uh, with with tenants. Mm. You know, because then landlords had to do things, and they say this new process is supposed to be way more easier. Um, there's a part for tenants to fill out, and part for the landlords, and then you know, you get your stuff in there, and like it, they they don't make it difficult. All right, they're not making it difficult. So if you have a fear that you you're not doing it because you don't think you're going to get it, so you think you're going to take your lumps and just pack up your stuff and move out, like you don't you don't know that you may not have to relocate. I think that's part of the conversation too. Is People that are applying for funding are probably people that have been applying for funding for a long time. Mm -hmm. So this this isn't a new process for them. They're just used to getting none. 
Mm-hmm. So there's a hesitance, there's a reticence now for people to not really want to be like, well, I'm going to apply for these funds because I don't know if I can get it. I've been applying for funds for 15 years, mm-hmm. and I, I haven't gotten one. There's still people waiting on, saying? still like, people been waiting on that Section people? 8 waiting list for how many years? Right, like it's, you know I mean? but that falls on them though, doesn't it? Because you lose nothing by applying. But they, but what I'm saying is they keep trying, and but to be keep trying. But to continually be told no. We've had conversations about mm-hmm. finances, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who needs it for their house and to be told no, that's devastating. Yeah, but mm-hmm. if on the flip side, if they're also saying there is hundreds of millions of dollars out there, come and get it, like that. And, and this is the there's always that money out there for us to apply for that we're not getting, that we're not getting. You understand what I'm saying? Like, people like us who have to actually apply for these funds that don't, that apply for them regularly and don't get them and continually told no and continually let live at the end of that no and having to deal with that stress, it becomes something that you don't want to deal with again and you won't apply for funding no matter how much of it is there. I, I agree with But they're not saying. They're not wrong, but, like, there is that deterrent for people who have been applying for funding who aren't getting it. But see, that's 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 then in their head, it, yeah. it, isn't it? Be, because they're. I, I agree with you, but that's where it is. That's why they won't apply. But but they like these 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 funds like there there's a there's a, a a lake of a difference, a huge difference between you know applying applying for um uh, funding for like a business, you know, or or applying for for you know your your eviction, and like those those two thoughts shouldn't bleed in together like if if i'm trying to find funding for schooling and i've been told no 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 this eviction stuff i shouldn't let that then bleed over into into something else because um what's true over here may not be true over there i feel you but and let's be honest about conditioning right if i keep applying for money keep applying for money keep applying for money and they tell me no Next time money comes up, I'm like, I'm not gonna get I'm it. Not so gonna would I apply? That and plus the, the a lot of the safety nets that exist are really for people who are like not even at the poverty line, but below it. Right. And then those are the people that really get those safety nets. And for those of us who are like at the poverty line, maybe like two to three thousand dollars over the poverty line, we're seeing that that we're in that disappearance of the middle class. Or so then they're low, choosing then so so then at, at that point, that becomes a choice then. Well, no, not necessarily, because what you have is that, all right, let's say you and I, we got lower paying jobs. Now we qualify for food stamps and we get CCIF. And if, we, if we don't apply for those, that falls on us. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that if we made less money and we were getting those supports and those resources, neither one of us could get a better job. Neither one of us would, would be able to take that promotion at work because they would cut our stuff off. And there are a number of people who are even just stuck in that. Okay, I get that. But that has nothing to do with me applying for funds that are available. But if you know, if you listen, that's a tiring process. So if you go in and you do that time and time again, like you bringing in your W-2s and you're bringing in your tax return and you're bringing in this and you're bringing in that. So then you know to have it readily available <laughs> when you go do it. Like, like yo. I agree with you. I, I'm just arguing for the people who have been through the process of applying for funds that, I, that I've been consistently denied. And, you know, when you reach this situation, when you, when you reach this point where it's like, oh, there's all this money. And there's like, and their opinion is there's always been money. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So why would I apply no matter how much money is there? I understand you. Yo, apply anyway. 
apply anyway because the money's there. Right. You got to try. But for some people, the, the, the demoralization that, that hearing that no is too heavy this so, time. So then, so then, feelings. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, you're about to get evicted. Go ahead and fill that out. I don't care how you feel. You shouldn't care how you feel. feel Your you. kids are going to feel the outside <laughs> if you if you don't go ahead and hey, fill that out. I don't disagree. <laughs> I just know people that have been through the process. You know what I'm saying? And that that, mm -hmm. that, that tearing down of your of your yes. ego and, and, and of, of your inspiration, it's real. You know what I mean? And people will people would rather live on the street than continue to be told no. And that's, 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 that's a sad truth. That, that is very sad. That's a sad truth. That is man. very sad be, because like, and, and the, the money's out there. The information is, is, is out there. Like, like we're in the middle of a pandemic, like the same mindset of, of, of oh, I've been told no for services and everything be, before that shouldn't apply now. And, and what I'm, I'm, I'm saying, and to your point is that it's people getting in their own way. Like stop getting mad and mm -hmm. just start just keep filling it out. Right? Shoot your shot. Right. Shoot but your shot. It, but but the thing is though that that's like the purpose though. Like if you are constantly being beaten down, downtrodden, looking for resources and supports, and having doors slammed in your face, but or they're saying here and if you you're saying you're saying hey I need a phone I need a phone I need a phone I need a phone for the last. 10 years, I've been trying to get a phone, and nobody has offered me a phone. And now here's me saying, hey, here's a phone. And you're going to say, no, I'm tired of applying for phones. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like this phone. You're, you're making it sound as easy as here. I'm giving you a phone. Right, it's and not. They are. That, no, they're not. No, they're not. You have right to go and apply. It's right not. Now. You have to go and apply. You got to go and apply. You got to give them proof of your address. You need to give them some bills. And then All what? stuff you have. So here's my thing. Here's my thing. My concern is I've, I've been paying my bills. So then do I not qualify because I've been paying my bills? That's neither here nor there. But, but that's where people are like. So so here's the thing. Why bother? You're, you're, you're doing you need it. it. You're dangling the carrot in front because of people. Because you need the carrot. You're starving. And they're still going to be starving because it's going to take you two years to let them know. That they didn't get approved. And that, that's a whole other conversation. That's why I said there needs to be some kind of consequence. Or, all right, there needs to be some kind of consequence or some kind of reward for the workers to push those through. Let's get to the comments. Uh, uh, Gary says, um, I guess the process is part of a generational curse. And it's in this state like Mississippi, it doesn't become tiring to them. Church. Uh, Teddy says, there's all this money, but how many people can afford a day off to get that taken care of. Good point. Uh, Candace says, uh, state and city employees should be held accountable if they aren't doing their job effectively. This impacts conditions of human beings. Workers shouldn't just think your job is just a piece of paper that needs to be processed. Exactly. Um, and then Gary says, let's talk about states that soak the system like Mississippi and Mitch McConnell's Kentucky. You know, um, it's, it's... You mean conservative Mitch? <laughs> It's a it's a mindset, you know, like um, um, uh, I, I accidentally said his name um, earlier today, um, Mustafa. Like I love I love, love, love talking and speaking with Mustafa because he doesn't have a, a black Americanized way 
of thinking. And for us black Americans, at times we have this um, right defeatist attitude. Yes, yes, definitely. And and speaking to somebody that that is you know um, that that has migrated to this country that that hasn't been you know brought up in in the muck of of, of this American racism. Uh, he, he has a completely different kind of mentality when, when, when it comes to believing in yourself, when it comes to believing in, in your ability and the things that you can do. Um, so uh, Key says, um, I, I work in an environment where I've heard multiple people tell me they are just going to say no. I'm telling them I'm trying to help you uh, help your service uh, carry on. And it's like they don't believe it. And I get it. People feel defeated. Mm-hmm. Bars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, I say, doesn't that then? Yeah, you know. It, it does. So. You're gonna be angry as hell. It's a great conversation. Yes, it is. So this lady out. I spent four days downtown, then <laughs> went, stood in that line. Right, and not to mention that a lot of these applications, they a lot of that stuff got to be put on the internet. So now we're talking about access to the internet. That's a whole nother situation. Look, go well, down to go down to um, the the places that are are offering those those services. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like it's not out there. It's out there. But how am I supposed to find it on the internet? I guess I'm gonna look on my phone. <laughs> oh my gosh! Walk. Just ask a question. Y'all make it seem like we live in a third world country. Right? And even in the third world country, there's people that. Can, let me stop. Really? Because we are. About on... how there are people in Cutstown who yep. don't have internet. Look, that's that they choose not to. <laughs> Who wants to live in Kutztown? I bet you they got rental assistance, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know they do. Once they you probably go, got all their money. Because once you go to college, you get stuck up there and can't leave. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lady L, what do you... Uh, well, what do you have to say to close us out? Um, listen, guys, I want to thank you for watching and thank you for tuning in to this day, uh, to today's episode of TCP in the morning. Um, listen, you can purchase your tickets for the adult prom. Come meet us live. We got cocktail hour. We got live musical performances. We got photo booths. It's just just kind of reminisce about old days, but you're grown. 25 and over is a must to attend. You can get your tickets on Eventbrite, or you can grab them from our website, www.thetcpnetwork.com. And hey, guys, listen up. Um, I can't wait to see you. This weekend, during our TCP tour stops, don't forget this Friday, we will be at Blazing Jays from 5 to 8. And then on Saturday, come and meet the team over at Roberto Clemente Field for the block party where you can get your vaccination, get your well child checkup or your well baby visit, um, and even apply for health insurance through Penny. So come on through this Saturday to the block party um, at Roberto Clemente Field on Duke Street in Lancaster City. Over to the desk. Hey. Oh, wait, I'll catch you. <laughs> oh, thucky thucky, y'all. I like saying thucky thucky. Mm, it's been another great, great show. We're going to wind down. But before we go, I'm going to leave y'all with this, baby. Fear has two meanings. Forget everything and run, or face everything and rise. The choice is yours. We either make ourselves miserable or we make ourselves strong. The amount of work is the same. What you put in is what you get out. Have a great day, baby.
Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, I'm going to leave y'all with this. I'm not going to be uh, uh, too, too deep uh, today on this hump day. Um, I'm going to just say I really noticed something um, when we're up here. Um, we are like the Keenan and Kel of news. Oh, really? Yeah, we like the Keenan and Kel of oh, news. Wait, which one am I? Hold on. Uh, let's let them figure uh, it out. All right. Because, right, right. Say. <clears throat> because <clears throat> I dropped the screw in the tuna. <laughs> we'll see y'all tomorrow, folks. Have a good one. Peace. Hello, this is The Sarge, and this is your Penny.com Health Minute. Healthcare can be scary and confusing at times. Well, with all the terminology and numbers, it may be a bit intimidating seeking out the right coverage for you. So today, we wanted to brush up on some common terms you'll see while searching for that perfect healthcare. Number one, premium. This is the amount you pay for your healthcare coverage every month. When picking a plan, your monthly premium is only one thing to consider. So be sure to look at our next number, number two, which is the copay and coinsurance of your plan. This is your share of money that is covered for healthcare services. And then another current key term is number three, your deductible, which is how much you owe for healthcare services before your insurer starts to pay. There are still so many terms that are used that we did not have a chance to cover today. Make sure you stay tuned for part two of healthcare terminology. I'm the Sarge, and this was your Penny.com Health Minute.